Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Staying Forever Strong. I'm excited to have uh, Lindsay Weisner. She is a author, podcast host, psychologist, you name it. She's probably done it. She's awesome. <laughs> um, and she'll be on my actual podcast in a few weeks as well. So I'm just going to let her start. Hey, Lindsay, how are so you? I am so excited. I'm so excited Me for our too. podcast episode to come out too. Um, and I also just got a blog on psychology today, which is a huge thrill. And it's called The Then Diagram Life. And I talk about uh, one of my episodes, I talked about Tiger King. And so, <laughs> and so um, tonight I'm actually going on a news channel in um, California to talk about the Tiger King. <laughs> No way. That's awesome. It's pretty funny because it was like a half drunken written um, rough draft. And then the next day I looked at it and I was like, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Um, and it's actually gotten a lot of coverage. So that's not, those are the best. So the best type. I know. <laughs> you got um, to yes. have your glass of wine or whatever your drink of choice. I'm a whiskey type of girl, but it sounds classier to say um, wine. So <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Um, and then this morning, I actually taught my first class online at uh, OutSchool. I taught um, nine to 12-year-olds about psychology and some of like, the more famous experiments, but not like the really bad famous experiments. I, I made it all sound like lighthearted. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm trying to keep busy because otherwise I might lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. How's, um, so can you tell us a little bit about your new book that just came out? 10 Steps Absolutely. to Finding Happy. Thank you for asking. Yes, 10 Steps to Finding Happy. I did not mean to speak over you. No, um, I, when we recorded our pod, my, your podcast episode, I was very excited. Um, uh, you and I both share the chronic pain struggle. And um, there have definitely been times in my life when I've struggled to accept the chronic pain and therefore, um, I guess, make efforts towards my own happiness. And um, I wrote a book that, um, the irony is just shocking. Originally, we were gonna release it in September of 2019. And then the uh, United Nations, the International Day of Happiness, they decided to endorse our book. So we were gonna release it on March 20th, the International Day of Happiness, which turned out to be March 20th, the first week of the corona quarantine. Oh. Um, so um, uh, I had a bit of a struggle bus getting over my disappointment with the, um, the lack of this huge, exciting thing that I had planned. Um, we had a place, we had food, we had booze, we had raffle items. Um, and so that was sort of a mess. But um, the irony is not only that we chose this date and it messed us up, um, but also that uh, now is a time when we all kind of need this book the most and I can't get any eyes on it. So um, so if you're looking for something to read, 10 Steps to Finding Happy, and um, Today, uh, April 22nd, we just started a month-long Goodreads giveaway. And if you don't know what a Goodreads giveaway is, which I didn't until three days ago, um, it's a really cool way to get free books on Kindle and print. Um, so if you like to read or hate to read and you're just, am I allowed to curse? 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're just fucking screwed now that we're all seven quarantine, (laughs) you should enter because you might win a cool book and it might be mine. Um, So yes, the book is out. Get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in print and ebook, Kindle, whatever it's called. Um, and actually, the first step to the book is to choose to be happy. And I think that's really important, not only for those of us that have struggled with chronic pain issues, but also for those of us that are struggling with uh, Corona quarantine. Um, yeah. I love know. that. Yeah. Um, and then I also have another favorite step, which is um, find your passion, find your purpose. And I think that speaks to you, Alexa, because of what you do. Um, you know, uh, it speaks to me because of what I do, because I've tried to find all these ways to reach people. Uh, I'm still seeing patients, obviously, or perhaps not, obviously, but I specialize in suicidal teens, so I really need to keep seeing patients. Although another irony there is that um, my super anxious and or super depressed patients are like looking around like, cool, now everyone feels the way I do, you know? Yes, I've noticed, like, I, it's so funny because like it, this hasn't like freaked me out as much as I thought no. it might have because I'm already like <laughs> half the time stay at home. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, uh, you know, I, for a while, uh, my office, uh, is, um, located right by the fire station and in my town. And for like a while, when I first moved there, every time the fire alarm would go off, I'd like, you know, the, fireman alarm. Um, I would look at my phone as though someone will call me if my house burns down or if it's like a school issue with my two kids. And I finally got used to it. But now every time like there's an ambulance or a fire truck, someone posts in like the neighborhood Facebook group asking like, what's going on? And so it's like the rest of the world has come to my crazy place. (laughs) Yes. But actually though. Um, Yeah. So it's, um, it's interesting. I also have a nine and an 11 year old, a nine year old girl and 11 year old boy. Um, and he is in sixth grade. She is in third. I personally, about two days into homeschooling was like, (laughs) (laughs) fuck it. We're holding them back. The year is over. Um, there's also their Hebrew school has decided to go like, you know, live online. Uh, and, Unfortunately, my husband and I have very different points of view. Apparently, I am supposed to not only make them do their work, but make them do it well. And my attitude is like, I, I only have so many fucks to give. And I have teenage patients I'm trying to keep alive. And I have myself that I'm trying to hold together through um, exercise, whiskey, uh, and um, pursuing my like passions and purposes, you know? I'm still podcasting. I have started writing a new book. I'm, um, what's that book about? I'm I'm sorry. What's that book about? Uh, I'm glad you asked because I'm getting a lot of mixed reactions. Um, the book is about, there is a place called Nanavut. It's in, um, it's essentially in Canada, but it's like by Greenland. It's like, there are no trees because it gets so cold. Um, and so I, uh, happened to meet someone who 
had lived there for a period of time and she informed me that they have the highest suicide rate um, like all over the world. And just to give you an idea of what that means. Um, so suicide rate is calculated per 100,000 people. So a weird way to do it. I don't know, but that's how they decided. So um, in uh, the States, our highest suicide rates are like Wyoming, South Dakota, um, uh, North Dakota, somewhere around that, like, you should do like a hand thing since you're from the Midwest, you know, like <laughs> point it out to know, yeah. like, you know, they all oh. do that. Thing. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's, um, it's somewhere in that general area and also Alaska and our highest one, I believe is 20.4 people. Uh, obviously it's not a point fourth of a person, but regardless, um, 20.4 out of a hundred thousand people. And in, uh, Nunavut, the, um, rate is 70.1. Um, and so there are a lot of interesting historical facts that I believe, and most people believe this isn't like my unique thought, um, contribute yeah. <laughs> to this. Uh, I also think the fact that they don't get a lot of sunlight, you know, there's all these things. And so I want to write a, uh, like a historical fiction type thing about what happened before and then what led up to this. I'm getting some resistance because I am not, um, of this indigenous, indigenous population. Um, they're called the Inuit, um, or the, uh, first people as they call them in Canada. And you should know a lot about Canada cause you're closer than I am. That's my rule. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the uh, whole American dirt controversy. I don't know if you're familiar with this woman wrote this book about, um, uh, Hispanic refugees. I don't remember the exact nation, but, um, sneaking into the country, it could have been, uh, but she was not Hispanic, and then she, I guess she found like one one-thousandth Hispanic in her blood and was like, oh no, I can write it because of this. So I'm getting some pushback on whether or not I should be writing this book because I am not Inuit, but I am also not Canadian, and I am also um, a psychologist who wants to find out more about suicide. So go figure. But so this is my new passion, purpose, pursuit, and it's taken up. Um, enough of my time that when I'm not arguing with my children and husband, I get to stay sane. So <laughs> I think that's actually a really cool idea. Thank you. Um, I imagine it to be like an Aaron Brockovich, Brockovich type that you're too young for that shit. No, I know. I, um, okay. I learned okay. about her in psychology. Ah, okay. There you go. Um, Julia Roberts movie. You could watch it. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I want it to, it's not, to me, it's not that I'm choosing or pretending to be a part of this marginalized group. It's that I am, uh, I am trying to bring attention to suicide, which is really important and really all over the place and dear yeah. to my heart. And so, um, you know, so I've, uh, we'll see. I was surprised by the pushback I got when I shared. And so I was happy to share with you because I was curious if, if you would, you know, feel the same or differently or whatnot. I don't necessarily know that you have to be like a part of it. 
it's all that about like learning <laughs> it's like about learning the history and you could maybe if you know people like in that or know someone that you could talk to like you can learn from their perspective like not everybody absolutely is. they're called sensitivity readers um and um books where a um it doesn't matter what you, if you're a white person writing about a black person, black person writing about a white person, et cetera, et cetera, you, ha you should have sensitivity readers um, so that you're not making a giant ass of yourself and you don't end up in the news for all the wrong reasons. I mean, um, I've also been taking full advantage of, uh, if you're waiting for diapers or something important, it's probably my fault you haven't gotten it because I'm ordering books on Amazon constantly. Um, you know, and I've been ordering books from that um, Inuit indigenous population point of view because I want to learn more about it and to me it's um it should be about the thought I guess or the idea and all too often especially today we're um obsessed with microaggressions and stepping around things and um uh I don't know. I don't know if sexuality is fluid or if gender is binary, but I'm more than happy to take in the information and learn from people who will teach me. And so um, to me, that's my thought as well, is that it's more about us all being willing to learn rather than uh, staking our position in the, in the sand and sticking to it, if that makes sense. Yes. So a lot of like what we talk about is kind of like the point of the video and the point of the interview is like how you stay strong and positive and it's a little bit kind of like your work like your writing your podcast like helps probably yeah um it's interesting one of the battles for me has been um uh my again my husband's a um essential employee or whatever it's called I can't remember. He, um, he works at a psych ward, um, inpatient psych unit. And so he still has to go in. He's a psychologist. Um, and he, you know, they have had positive cases and whatnot. And uh, he does this weird thing where he like sprays his clothes with Lysol and then puts them in a bag for two days as though it's bed bugs, but it makes him feel better. So that's great. Um, you know, but we're living in two different worlds. Um, Sunday is a busy day for me work-wise, as is Monday, and Sunday night, uh, the kids wanted to watch a movie as we ate dinner, and my husband, and I was like, fine, I'm exhausted, and my husband looks at me and says, you haven't spent that much time with the kids today. I was just like, I, <laughs> I was like, Sunday was day 35 of quarantine, you know, like I, uh, this isn't a day thing. This is a marathon, not a sprint, um, you know, and I, some of the ways I stay sane is reminding myself that like my time with my family, these are, my kids are nine and 11, they're growing up and this is time that I would never have gotten. And um, we bike ride when the weather is uh, nice enough for me to agree to bike ride. I've never been on a bike ride with my kids before. My husband is the one that taught them because I'm too anxious to watch them and wait for them to fall. Um, you know, we went, we go on really long walks. We do these things, these opportunities that I would never have gotten the chance to do. And it's really, um, it's amazing when I remind myself to stop in the moment and be like, 
you know, we're doing this together. We try to read for an hour at the end of the night. This isn't a given. We also watch a lot of movies. Um, but um, uh, we've delved into like the, the books that I saved from childhood and my <laughs> kids are now reading them. And like, uh, apparently what was acceptable in the 80s is not necessarily acceptable now. My nine-year-old now knows what an abortion is. Thank you, Christopher Pike, my favorite author of all time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I stay sane-ish and strong-ish by, by two things. By taking care of myself, you know, the exercise, I find that exercise helps. Vitamin D helps. Um, uh, pursuing my passions and my purposes, you know, as I was talking about, again, step in the book, 10 steps, finding happy, go buy it or get, you know, Goodreads, Goodread, whatever. Um, but I also find it by reminding myself that there are opportunities that we're not, we wouldn't have otherwise. And yeah, yeah we want to kill each other sometimes, but like, I don't know. There, these. Uh, my daughter has little feet and little hands, and they grow every day. And so, um, you know, we we did a like an Iron Chef like Bake Off the other night. Like, um, nailed it. We did one of those things where you know, like, uh, we both of the kids competed, and we chose a winner. It was a tie, and they made these disgusting um, superhero cakes, and like, you know. Um, <laughs> I try to remember that this is a moment and only a moment and it's a memory and it's going to pass. And there are some things about it. We're going to regret like having to put on pants that aren't elastic, you know, or pajamas. <laughs> um, but that's sort of what I've been clinging to in these rough moments. Well, thank you so much for sharing and coming on and talking with us today. And everyone should go check out 10 steps to finding happy on Goodreads, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I'll, pro I'll have a link um, in the description below. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. This was another episode of Staying Forever Strong. See you guys next time.